0: What is going on guys real quick before we jump into this episode we recorded this before the weekend and Mark made his debut on Sunday and he had glowing reviews the team didn't get the result that they wanted however he had a great performance and we're going to dive into all of that in our next episode and also apologies for my audio I get it sorted out in the first couple of minutes when I realized that the audio was crap so stick around and uh, thanks and enjoy the show. What is going on everybody? It is time for another, a new, a fresh episode of Orange Slices. I'm Heath Pierce and my co-host is Mark McKenzie. We finally got him back on the line because he's had a lot of life changes, man. Give us a give us a quick update on your last couple of weeks of your life.
1: Well, first of all, what's good, everybody? Glad to finally be back in connection with the world. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of been off the grid a little bit, but uh, the transfer, yeah, KRC. Gank, uh, also known as Racing Gank, I'm out here in Belgium. You know, just moved out here, so been getting, been getting situated in my apartment. You know, had to go through the quarantine, my medical. um back training, meeting with the team. So, yeah, a whole lot of stuff going on. A whole lot of stuff going on, but finally found some downtime now that I got my apartment kind of situated. I got a bed to to sleep in finally. So,
0: <laughs> I find it a really interesting time to to move abroad uh for you but has it has it generally been have people been r- relatively positive towards your towards your arrival
1: yeah no i think i think it's definitely been a positive um you know receiving you know my arrival uh it's it's always weird again coming from the states and in this period with covid and whatnot it's it's also added a you know uh what what's, what can i say uh a little bit of a debbie downer i guess you could call it um when i said again i'm from america so uh I think they've been they've been generally generally really good about about me coming from the states and wanting to know like oh well I've never been to New York before what's in New York like what are some spots I should go to you know like oh uh, well you know we talked about this before but you know Heath is Heath is the Manhattan guy you know I want to go to Manhattan I want to go to Times Square yeah <laughs> but uh, but I gotta make sure I, I keep the I gotta keep my foreign friends informed about those hole in the wall spots those dives that you don't go to out in the bronx and in brooklyn and harlem you know i haven't really i don't really know staten island and and long island too much but but you know there's there's definitely some good spots out there but if anybody's listening and you're not from america if you want advice on where to go don't go to heath he'll take you to jersey
0: your journey YSC Academy sign a contract with the first team a little college stint at Wake in the middle of that sign with the first team play a couple seasons you get your transfer abroad you get your first couple games with the national team and then you arrive in Europe like take me through the process of your arrival the fatigue that set in with that getting settled into your apartment, your place, quarantine, the club training, all that stuff. Like what, you know, talk to me about all that. In order
1: to, to travel, you had to test 72 hours prior to, and then I've been already been testing, you know, the weeks prior to the transfer, um, in case, you know, whenever it did go down. And then when I got to the airport was all packed up, <clears throat> had my bags ready at the check-in line. International flights are a mess in the first place, so don't even get me started on that. But get to the check-in. Did
0: you did you fly out of New Jersey's international airport, like you told me? <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> I wasn't sure if you knew where. <laughs> Newark. Man, going. that's e- I,
0: I've got luggage right now in my garage that have EWR yeah. tags on them. Right, you know? Let me
1: tell you, EWR is like probably outside of PHL. It's the next closest thing to to like a big international airport that I would not mind getting to. Going to JFK from from my crib in, in in Delaware, two and a half hours, and then throwing traffic—that's a grind. That one, yeah.
0: But JFK also, by the way, has that new terminal that you could walk if you get the very back of that new international terminal. It's a twenty-plus minute walk to get on your flight. Good luck. Like, good thing is you get your legs moving. You know, you flush out all the lactic acid, and you know, and then you put your feet up in business class is nice. But yeah, that can be bad. So. But the flight went on, are you left on time? Yeah,
1: yeah, barely. It was like, they would give me trouble with the terminology for my PCR test. And I was calling, you know, our sports scientists and the doctors back in Philly, trying to make sure and get clearance and whatnot. So eventually got through that, got to the plane. You know, it was probably like 25, 30 minutes ahead of time. And then got on board, flew straight from, from Newark to to Brussels. Touchdown, got my bags and luggage and whatnot. Um, and I Actually ran into a guy who knew who I was at the uh, customs line. One of the security, uh, he was like, "Oh, you're the American, you know? We, we just signed here at Gank. yeah." I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah. This is this is it. This is this is how you get off the plane. I like this. So it was it was it was a nice little cool moment. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. That's not bad. I mean, not know Ronaldo Messi out here, but you know, it's just a little fluff. No, dude, it's a nice, it's a
0: nice, it's a nice feeling, right? Like the thing that you're coming from with Philly is like, yeah, the, you know, all of the hardcore union fans would know you, but unless you're in the circle, like those are huge cities, right? You're arriving into a, you're arriving into a place where like there is basically you guys mm-hmm. and you are the, 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 the center of attention, the center of attraction. When I, and this same thing happened to me, by the way, when I went from Copenhagen to, to Germany, Copenhagen people would know who you were, but left you alone. They didn't really care. Mm-hmm. When I got to Germany on the day I was arriving at the hotel. I drove and I ran out of gas like 10 minutes from... I fell asleep and my friend who was driving, who was living with me at the time, uh, he ran out of gas. So we call, obviously, German's different. Got The police come and they recognized me. I had just been in the newspaper that day and I got to sign like a one euro or whatever bill um, for them, autographed it. They gave me a ride to the hotel and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is a nice little start. It's probably the highest moment that I had while I was there because we spent most of the time losing or... Firing coaches and all kinds of drama, but it was like a nice little validator of like, oh, these people actually live this stuff. This is like a big deal for them, and it and it feels it, yeah, it's just a nice feeling. No, you know?
1: no, for sure, it's it's definitely different because like you come into a country and like you expect nobody to know who you are, and then the moment you pop down and
0: oh snap, you
1: know, so it was it was a cool moment. Um, yeah, got to got my bags and everything, and uh, photographers, the camera was a media media was outside the terminal, ready right? snap pics, and then. Got into the van and then drove to the hospital right away. And got what was there. the
0: outfit? What was the outfit you were wearing for when the photographers came? Were um, you, blue, were blue, you?
1: blue Nike tech fleece. Blue Nike tech. fleece. Oh, nice. What?
0: Cozy. What kicks did you have on? I think I had on uh,
1: my Bluntiagas.
0: Oh man, this guy, dude. Ah, gosh, <laughs> I'm so su- I'm surprised that wasn't in like page six in New York Times or something like that. Some real paparazzi stuff, yeah. you know. Nah, nah, nah.
1: It's not, as, it's not as, you know, popping. It was it was a calm, yeah. subtle flex, like a Heath, Heath Pierce type flex, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. a, <laughs>
0: like, if you know, you know. Yeah, exactly. I it, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, that's what I I'm saying. Yeah. So
0: I, a, I wore these ones because I knew I was traveling, you know, for comfort. So I had to, yeah. you know,
1: Easy access. You slip them on, slip them off, you know what I'm saying? I got to go to the bathroom. I got to get up on the plane, stretch my legs. You know, it's, was, it was, again, Heath Pierce lifestyle that I've been trying to follow.
0: So you you go to the, you go to the hospital, and then from there, they did tests? Yeah,
1: COVID test. Uh, I got my COVID yeah. test and then had to go back to the hotel. Um, so if you guys don't know, Belgium is in the middle of like three countries mainly. So it's south of Holland, Netherlands. It's north of France and then it's west of Germany. So mm-hmm. it borders all three of those countries. Um, but it's not big in terms of size. So you can drive from like coast to coast of Belgium in a couple hours. Uh, I mean like two to three hours. So we drove from the su- southwestern coast of of Belgium to get my COVID test. Uh, Brussels is in like the middle of the country, so it was like an hour southwest and then two hours back. Uh, oh, back that's past, terrible. Back past Brussels and then
0: to. Uh, that's the only place you could get a test? Yeah,
1: and then back two hours to gank. So it was like, I mean, I guess I guess it was the quickest way. So mm, whatever. I got my negative test, and uh, but I had to go back to the hotel. I got my bags and everything and sat in the hotel. And I had to quarantine and from there, it was... Uh, How yeah. long was the
0: quarantine? It was uh, like two, two and a half days. So uh, did you like just sit in there and order food? and like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it? Yeah. They had like quarantine, leave. like you can't actually leave your room, right? You're in the yeah, room the whole time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was stuck in my room. And then I was on like a semi-quarantine. So after I got to, to Belgium on Saturday, um, Saturday this time, I should say. Um, Saturday, it'd probably be like 3 a.m. Eastern time I got here. And then uh, I was able to leave my room on Monday, Monday morning. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of just cooped up. Uh,
0: did they different. pick your apartment for you or did you did you look at a few? And No,
1: I, they had uh, they had a few on market, but it was mm-hmm. a matter of one, I wanted to kind of be in the city center. Um, mm. And two, uh, I didn't want to be too far from the stadium and I didn't also want to come too much out of pocket. yeah for for expenses each month so uh this is a real modern place you know modern apartment upscale um fifth floor you know penthouse type lifestyle you know what i'm saying Mm,
0: you know what i mean (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah it
1: was you uh, know it was it was no but like it's it's two bedrooms uh two two bathrooms like one and a half bathrooms i should say um
0: Nice yeah, man,
1: and a nice, nice open. You know, sounds like a, a big cave. You know, a lot of that echo penthouse.
0: Up. That penthouse lifestyle is nice, dude. You know, the sun rises later though for you. You know what I mean? It's gonna be dark in your apartment till the sun gets up high enough to to get inside your windows.
1: Right. Let me say, like, it, it's crazy how like when I got here, it was it got dark at like four o'clock, and I was, I was like, bro, is this is this for real? Like, this is. And then it rained, and then like my fifth day here, it snowed. I was like, this yeah. is mad.
0: So then you go through quarantine, and now you've gotten a chance to go to the locker room, right? So you mm-hmm. you you go to the club first time. What like were you nervous? Were you excited? Were you nah. tired still? Yeah. Like I remember, I remember going places when I got to Europe. Like you said, four o'clock, it's dark. Your jet lag still. Things don't feel right. Everything looks different. The air smell like all the like sensory overload. Like mm-hmm. air smells different there. There like when it rains, the, mm-hmm. the, the the ground smells different. Like all those things just make you feel very uh kind of far from home did mm-hmm. you feel like
1: that uh the first days Bruh, it, it hit me all at once because like going through the process of, of getting this transfer i was like ready i was always i was ready i was like i'm leaving soon i'm leaving soon i'm leaving soon and then once i left it kind of hit me as soon as i got into quarantine because it was just me by myself in the hotel room in my thoughts I couldn't go anywhere you know and i was like wow. oh
0: yeah like, you're like what am i doing
1: like, it, it all came down to me. Like, I was like, bro, is this what Europe is? Is this what, like, I've been dreaming about this since I was a kid. Is this what I really want? To be stuck in a hotel by myself, a thousand miles away from my family in the midst of COVID? You know, like, what am I thinking? You know, again, like, when you're by yourself and your thoughts is one of the worst. Like, I had never had that happen before. Um, you know, so it was, like, definitely an experience. And then I was jet lagged. I couldn't sleep. So I was going to bed at, like, 4 a.m. Trying to, trying to you know, figure out, like, how do I get myself tired so I can sleep tonight? Then my thoughts would keep me up at night. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this cycle sucks. And then ultimately we took, had our medicals on the Monday after I arrived. And the end of the day was the max VO2 test. So I had gone to sleep tonight. Like, the club might kill me for this. But I had gone to sleep the night before my medical at, like, 4.30 a.m. Got up at 6.30 a.m. To leave for our medicals, which started at seven, and then from seven o'clock all the way to about two thirty, three o'clock, we were busy. Uh, myself and the uh, the other transfer, um, we were busy. You know, kind of just, yeah, kind of just moving around, going from body scans to meeting with the team doc to. Uh, yeah, doing all kind of stuff, and then at the end of it all, we had the max VO two test. And for those that don't know, it's a test where you just put on you put on this oxygen mask, and it just measures how much oxygen intake and outtake um, there is from your body. And then it tracks you get your fingerprint to track how much lactic acid buildup there is in your bloodstream as you run further and further. But the the, the goal of it, and, and Heath, you probably know it, you just run and run until you can't. You know. So it's, uh, it, it was definitely one of those where it, it kind of helped in a way, even though it sucked at the time. It helped where I was already exhausted because I got no sleep the night before. And then I was drained because I burned myself out during that running. And, and by that night, I had also some melatonin from the doc who, who got me uh, who got me prescribed some melatonin to, to help sleep at night. So I popped two of those and was out like a, a brick. And that kind of helped me get on get on track with sleeping. You know, and after that, it was just, Getting into a routine, finding a place, getting a whip. I got a loaner car, which is nice. My American license works out here for a few, like six months. Um, and
0: then. Nah, man, it lasts forever. Believe me, I nah, never had a <laughs> I never had a European license. Bro, I drove for five. I drove for six years of my life in Europe. Bro, let me
1: tell you something. It's crazy because here, how it works is you drive. You my American license works for 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 the six months, but. Once I hit the six months, I have to turn in my my American license. And for two to three months I can't drive because I'm be, I'll be in the process of getting my Belgian ID. So after that, you know, I have my Belgian ID, but it's like the two months where I can't drive, it kinda sucks. So I'm getting an electrical bike, electrical scooter, you know, I'm gonna be, you know, moving around, getting my groceries in the city center, which is also part of the reason I'm in the city center, because I didn't want to be too far from stuff. But uh but yeah man the the be- the beginning was definitely tough, I think being away from family and and loved ones and everything during covid but um now that I'm in a routine and with the club playing back on the pitch again training and and matches coming fast it's it's definitely helped with the the transitioning now I'm in my apartment, so it's it's all kind of coming together
0: so when's when's the when's your first match then official
1: <sighs> so I was officially rostered against muskin. Uh, last weekend, and then my debut was loading. So I won't, I won't give it away. I'll just you know let you know it's coming. So uh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, 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 I'll let you know it's coming. But
0: this your your does your coach speak English? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, John, he he speaks English. Uh, he's Dutch, but uh, but his English is, is solid. So
0: that's good. And then uh, do you guys do double sessions? Yeah. How many days a week? We'll do
1: a double session. Usually, like now it's kind of tough because uh, we have so many games in short succession. So, you know, keeping everybody healthy and fit is uh, a difficult task, but mm-hmm. usually like two times a week, we'll do a double, a double where it'll be like 10 o'clock and a 10 o'clock session and then uh, a two o'clock session.
0: What, what are the survival things that you packed, packed with you uh, to make sure that you can just like, you know, cause like you said, people don't realize, and, and I think this is something that People think that you make a transfer and you go there and then life is the same. Like European life is completely different, right? Like just everything, every everything is completely different. Like the sun is down, it's dark at four o'clock. The towns like Sundays in most European cities are dead, like shut down, shut down. closed, grocery stores closed, everything like that. Like people don't realize that there is a huge difference to everything, like every single thing you do becomes completely like, yeah, there's just no, there's very few other than the internet and other than like watching shows or, or, or streaming or playing video games. There's no connection to home. No,
1: essentially. No. I think like it was, again, like you said, transfers are, it's always the glitz and glamor of it, but you never really get to know it until you're actually in it. And I think that was the part that I struggled with because here, everything, again, COVID also plays a part in it, but Things close at 6.30, and I'm back home. Back home, I'm used to stuff closing, having 24-hour super Walmart uh, like 10 minutes away from the crib, so I can go there. I got Wawa open all night. Royal Farms, you know, I got, uh, I don't know, stuff doesn't close at 6.30 p.m., and then Sundays, used to Sundays having access to stuff, but and here, Sunday is a, a relaxing day, a relaxation day, a reset day, which, I mean, mm-hmm. it is not a bad thing. You know, it, it helps with longevity, probably. You know, I don't know what the scientific, scientific uh, you know, data, you know, what that is to support that. But um, ultimately, it's 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 life is just different. Um, you know, who uh, the language, you know, that's the, the big one big thing, you know, of not being able to fully communicate with people. Now, so I think that's why I've been so committed to trying to learn Dutch at, at least and, and French, so that way I can try to to show that I'm I want to be part of the culture. I want to be able to to communicate and connect with people. Um, yeah. And there's, again, there's layers to it. There's layers to to the transition.
0: Yeah, it take it takes a while. Like for me, the biggest thing happened when I ha- found a few other like young people on my team that were either foreign players or just like a lot more social, because also the issue that you get in small countries and and Denmark, similar to Belgium in the sense that a lot of your teammates will be domestic players, right? And they'll be what, three hours furthest from their family. They've got their friends, they've got their group, they've got their family, they've got their lifestyle, they've got everything they've ever known right around them. And they don't understand what it's like to not have all that, right? So they live in their world and their bubble and you'll be their teammate. And and then, and then, they go and do their thing and you go and do your thing. So yeah, it took me a while to find a couple of teammates that wanted to hang out. I used to host something on Sunday nights. We'd watch La Liga games, the night game, which will be what, like 845 mm-hmm. for you when they play the night games. Mm-hmm. And and then we go to this reggae, uh, quote unquote, kind of bar club, loungy place. It was reggae nights there and we'd go hang out there. And and like that's what got me into a rhythm of like, yeah, I probably shouldn't after a game be out this late, but I needed... Some sort of social life outside of like we train. We double trained Tuesdays and Thursdays. We trained every like most days. Very not, not a ton of days off. And so I like those were the little things that, looking back, helped me. Like in real time, you don't realize it, but they helped me to settle in and find friends and go outside of my own sort of almost out of my own comfort zone. Because if it was up to me, I would have just sat in my apartment, play video games, and never, never like taking care of myself mentally that I need to to have that stimulation of like friends and like grabbing a coffee like I used to go get coffee every day in Copenhagen I didn't even drink coffee but I would go and get like a tea sit there people watch just like for my mind uh was important
1: no the, the mental side of it I think the, the stimulation outside of the game is huge and that's the one thing that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned you know with this transfers how do you connect? Because I look at again like you said the academy kids who are all the guys who come up in the youth system were like me. You know, I was back home in Philly, living at home, getting home cooked meals, back to my family every day, you know, within minutes of my my, you know, media family and whatnot. And, you know, you like we had guys coming in from other countries and I didn't understand what that was like because I was always and now I'm on the flip side of it. So it makes me appreciate, you know, being being like being that 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 assisting hand, you know, in in, in the transitional period. So yeah, I've definitely been been connecting with the young guys, especially, um, you know, a lot of the, even some of the foreign guys who are younger my age and have been around here for a little while and um, got their own place and, and understand what the transition like. um,
0: so is like. So, is training different for you? Like, is, is the style of training, the things that you do? Because obviously, you know, you've played uh, and enough from youth national teams to national team to club team to know that, like, you know, every coach is going to have something different. But, like, generally, You tend to have like a warm up, some some possession type stuff. But when I, and and that's how it was when I got to Denmark, but when I got to Germany, we did so much tactical work, like, especially for when a new team came in and we had a lot of foreign players of like how we shift and how we step and how we drop and learning the language to those things so that they happen in real time. Cause now you have all these languages. Um, Like, is there anything that's been shocking to you or different or, or like a culture shock or is it all pretty similar?
1: No, I would say a lot of the stuff we do out here is very intense, you know, and I think that, that sometimes, you know, uh, I think in, back in Philly, we, we found ourselves at points where you could see the, the level wasn't as high. The intensity, I should say, wasn't that high, you know, where here, every single training session, every single day is intense. You know, getting pressure to the ball. How are you shifting? How are you recovery runs? How are you uh, attacking the attacking headers? How are you passing the ball? You know, all these different different parts of the game are just that much more intense. That much, uh, you know, the, the the light, the limelight is on. You know, every time every time a situation happens, every time an action happens, you know, you have to be ready. You got to be tuned in at all times because one little slip up. The same way I could recovering uh, recovering or MLS. I mean, I can't do that here. You know, I got Paul, Paul, six, seven. I ain't ever played against a striker who's was six, seven before, you know, most well, a lot of times, I should say. But still, this is training day in and day out against him, which ultimately is, is a big benefit, you know. But initially it was a shock because I'm like, how do I how do I handle this? You know, dealing with guys who are so technically savvy, you know, but still have the speed and quickness to get by you. I think these are all things that I've really noticed in these last few days, how fast, you know, actions happen and how fast the the thought process has to be. Like, before you even get the ball, did you see the guy? Did you see your teammate who's off your left shoulder? Uh, and is he going to slide into that space, you know, in between the pocket? You know, just stuff like that um, that I've really started to, to pick up on and try to adjust to because – ultimately just the level gets that much higher once you step into a top five league, you know, the La Liga, Prem, you know, Germany, Serie A, you know, you know, you step into these leagues and those either mistakes or those, those, those actions, you know, you just got to know. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest thing for me. Um, and uh, it's going to only get better, you know, but again, there's always that, that, uh, that learning curve that comes along with this. So you got to learn the hard way sometimes, but the club, the staff, the players, they've all been really accepting, you know, and helpful and helping that, but also pushing me, you know, making sure that, you know, I'm not just here to, to be a part of the team, but to,
0: to be an impact. That's awesome. And so, debut is imminent. Yeah. You man. know, it's loading. And I guess what's, have you set any goals for this year or is it just sort of a day by day thing? Like, have you set... Like, is there, like, when you get up, is there some sort of plan or is it just like, man, I got to get through this day? I got to get more settled in and get more, like, is it, you know, how, how, I guess, how prescriptive are you with, with where you're going uh, over the next couple of months?
1: Yeah. I mean, right now it's kind of that, that weird phase where I'm trying to get my feet on the ground again, um, you know, with, you know, with my teammates, getting in on my teammates and, and you know, what makes them tick, what doesn't make them tick the staff the same way, you know, finding my my place in the in the team, you know, trying to, to really leave an imprint, you know, on the guys around me on the team um, and showcase what I can do because ultimately I'm here to play. I'm here to, to play football at the highest level, to help the team win trophies, you know, and ultimately to continue climbing in my career as well. So I think that's the biggest thing, and that's what I've been really focused on. Um, and then, you know, uh, the, the apartment stuff, I think that'll only help even more, you know, once I get more settled in here. Um but, but in terms of goals, it's, it's kind of tough because I'm still learning a lot about the league, even though I've done my research and, and been watching for for some time now. Um, it's – I think once I get my – once I get a game, you know, a few games under my belt, you know, then those goals will really start to take. But, but each day it's usually just trying to get back to you know, doing what I do, you know, finding my feet again because it's been – let's see, the last time – my last game was December 10th with the national team. You know, my last full – my last – training before I started training here. It was December 9th. So I had a good span of time where I wasn't really training with anybody. I was just kind of working out on my own, on the pitch on my own, trying to get sharp, you know, make sure I was ready to, to make a move. Um, so now it's, all right, you know, how can I continue to, you know, ultimately we want to be, we want to be number one in the league. You know, how do I help the team? How do I, uh, focus on on and making sure we maintain a Champions League spot for next year how do I uh, help the team maintain a front runner spot to to win the league so a lot of my goals have been kind of team oriented you know at the moment but I know once once I get the games under my belt and, and really start to find my rhythm again that, that my personal goals will only climb um, and I've only been here for a few months but but ultimately it's to to end this season you know with uh, oh crap this kid came here to ball you know he didn't come here to play games so um, you know that's similar to that mentality that I had going coming out of the bubble of I'm not you know I'm really not messing around this year you know I'm trying to to be defender of the year I'm trying to be you know that that Virgil van Dyke of a of a team you know that that spine you know that gives us the stability to to help have success you know on the pitch so yeah I think that comes with time and games you know but but again I have no doubt that that adapt the adaptive ability you know that I've learned in when watching you know clips of he Pierce do it ah, you know, it's, yeah uh, you know it's it's definitely uh it'll it'll
0: come along yeah i feel you man i feel you well look i know it's been a long uh start to your to your you know life in europe so we won't keep you any longer but you know we just got to get you going on this once a week for us, you know, give us that love back. Don't forget <laughs> us small people, but you know, nah, we're obviously, nah, you know, yet, it'll, it'll, yet. it'll, it'll, it'll be fun because I don't think there's another podcast out there where there's a current player sharing the journey that they have right now. So I think this will be a really good insight to fans and friends and family to be able to see sort of what it's really like, you know, cause you give, you give some honest answers, which I think is important. And it, and it sheds a little bit light, a little bit of light on, you know, anybody who's, who's, moving abroad playing abroad um and and uh and all that sort of stuff and uh yeah yeah man
1: i mean well at least now we'll have have this to kind of connect on because now i'm in europe and you were in europe back when way back when yeah now i'm another one of the mls guys so you know i've made the jump so as like uh being in that mix of the next crop of oh my gosh this is the golden age of u.s soccer like let's not go there but you
0: know, for but you know what? You're going to pave the way for the golden generation, which will be nice. You know, <laughs> some really good players out there. You guys, are, you guys do some great things. And then when the golden generation comes, they'll, they'll remember that fondly, you know, as like this the guys cool. who helped pave the way for the golden generation. You know, <laughs> how old will you, you'll be? You'll be 30 in
1: 2030. Let's see. What am I now?
0: 21? Yeah. So nine. Yeah, nine. Dang, bro. 30. You mean I think 31. That would be crazy. <laughs> man, maybe, maybe this is a golden generation. This is wild, man. You guys are young. Yeah. Um yeah, I know. But yeah, like uh, uh, do you, do you do you see the trajectory right? Cuz everybody wants to know and this this you know, then then I'll stop asking you a bunch of questions, but everybody wants to know like what's the right move for a player right now, right? Is it And there's no you, you and I both know there's not one single answer that's like go abroad as soon as you can or 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 stay in MLS because it's comfortable. Like everyone's going to have their different situation depending on who they are, but but what do you think about your journey through you know, YSC to the first team to 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 a transfer abroad. And obviously that's the only journey you know, but what do you think about that versus other players going before they play in the first team abroad or or some players like a Jordan Morris who stayed a lot longer in MLS and now is going on loan uh, to Swansea? I mean, what, what is your just perspective through your own journey?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's always a, an iffy one because you don't want to put... Uh, a, like a, a label on a kid's journey, you know, it's, it's different for everybody. And I think I personally wouldn't change a thing about my journey just because it's given me a lot of experience, not only on the pitch, but off the pitch. And that's kind of what's helped me get to where I am now. But I think it's about what suits the, the, the player best because we see situations where guys get all the exposure. You know, take a Freddie do for example. A kid of that much talent, you know, he gets thrown into the the, the spotlight, you know, gets all that kind of – Bro, like, he
0: was so good. He was, was so good. He, he
1: was sick, you know, and at 14, 15 years old, having all that thrown onto you, um, you know, all the pressure. You know, sometimes you're not ready for that. You know, that's a freshman in high school. So, you know, mentally – know it it, it varies you know some guys are more mature than others like Tyler Adams he's always been this mature guy he's always been a professional you know you could see it even when he was in the academy for example so you know I think that's that's it's always it's it's iffy you know it's kind of hit or miss because then you have the other side of it where you see guys go and they go too soon and they're not ready for that level yet or they're not ready for the the experiences that come with taking that that trip you know over away from family and whatnot Um, And then they end up regretting it and then they retract and then they start going backwards and um, in in their career. So it's again, it's I think it's positive, but I think you have to be ready for it. You have to uh, not only ready physically, you know, on on the pitch, but but mentally for that, that aspect of life that's going to hit you as soon as you touch down, you know, and and, and jump into a, a life that you don't really know.
0: Last question now. Last question. What's your, what are your thoughts on everything going on in MLS? Obviously CBA gets torn up force majeure. It sounds like things are moving in a decent direction with the league. From what I understand, this is just speculation, but that the league has offered to keep all players on full salaries, but want to extend the CBA. Um, You know, do you have any, any position or even, even insight into the latest and greatest of what's going on within that?
1: Well, having just been a part of that, you know, uh, not, not too long, a few months ago, it's, it's kind of been interesting to see it all happen and unfold because I think everybody's at a point where the players especially want the season to happen. We want to be back out on the pitch, but at the same time, you want to do it under the right conditions, the right circumstances as well, and not just to jump out there, to jump out there Uh, because we know that, you know, in a lot of instances, if we, (laughs) we end up, uh, you know, taking something now, we'll regret it in two, three, four years, but, you know, having a, a pool that's that's ready and that fully understands that I think is a difficult part because you have guys on both spectrums. You have the, the younger guys who are, you know, a little more naive and don't necessarily know the game, don't know the system, don't know how it works. Um, and then you have the older guys who, who understand the game, been in it for a while, you know, understand how the league and, and, and the CBAs work. And then you have the guys in the middle who are kind of, you know, see both sides of it.
0: And, but uh, not only that, but you also have – A lot of foreign players, right? It's completely different when you're when you're a domestic player. You think about the league. You think, hey, this is good for the growth of the league. If you're a veteran, you're like, I need my money now Mm because what do I care about four years? If you're a young guy, you might be a little more rebellious because you know that you know if you care about the growth of the game, you might think differently. And you have these people in the middle, and so you have all these complications. You know, a lot of foreign players have come to this league because of the stability of it, right? Right. And then a pandemic hits. Even before the pandemic, the last time CBAs ended. You're still you still have a lot of guys that left leagues because of the instability of pay because of the instability and now you got to tell somebody hey you're going to do something that's going to help somebody in 4 years and you probably won't be in this league anymore. Yep. You're not going to benefit for it for for it long term. So it you know it, there's a lot of complications that go into uh, being part of a player's union and collective bargaining and, and all those sorts of things.
1: Yeah, that's the, the most difficult because I was a part of the, the CB, I was a part of the, uh, the bargaining committee. You know, I was made sure I was in on the calls and whatnot because I figured why not? It wouldn't, wouldn't hurt, you know, to, to have the inside scoop to learn more about how the league works off the pitch. But when I got down and really understood how, how, you know, negotiations were going, I was like, dang, like this is, this is something else. You know, we got, we got, Half the guys saying, let's let's give it all up to the MLS, you know, and then you got the other half like, yo, what y'all talking about? We're giving up all this money now, and the league's still not going to give it back to us in the future. You got foreign guys, don't know what's going on, but know that uh, they're going to be losing in the long run, you know, because ultimately they're going to give up money now that they want up front. You know, so it's 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 a difficult balance, and I, I honestly, I have no idea how it's going to go because, again, COVID complicates it that much further. Um, um, in the past, I mean, you were, you, you, you understand how it works. You've been a part of negotiations in the past and, and how the relations between MLS and the league have, or you know, the players in the league has just really been a roller coaster, um, just in terms of trying to reach agreements on, you know, what's minimum, what's, you know, the veteran minimum, what's, you know, bonuses and charter flights. That's been a big thing, charter flights, especially this year. So it's, a whole lot, you know, and I'm I'm kinda interested to 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 get more inside scoop from from the guys in Philly as to to how things unfold because uh <laughs> one way or another the season's gonna get started but but the relations between elite the players and the league is gonna be, you know, interesting to me to to really keep an eye out for. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well look uh we're gonna be following this journey of yours with this uh pending debut hopefully coming sooner than later and we can all jump in and Take credit for any success that you have, and of course, and uh, of course. Of course. and uh, yeah, man. Uh, and for any of you guys listening, you know, make sure you go in and give us a, a rating and a review. Throw us five stars. It helps us get found. Helps more people become part of this little uh, uh, gang gang that we're starting. You know, <laughs> I, I, I as I was getting towards the close, Mark, I you was saying I wasn't going to use <laughs> the, I, I wasn't going to use it, but then it all came out naturally where I was like, you know. Join, join, join the gang, gang. You know, I might, I might, m- I might put some t-shirts out. You <laughs> know? We might get some it. orange slices merch.
1: You, I knew you were gonna. I, you were sitting on it the whole podcast. I was, I've been. Oh, I knew you were gonna bring it up at some point, yeah. but I wasn't sure when. And I was like, you know what? It, it's not, it's not too, it's not too like,
0: just like this gang, yeah. gang, gang. Yeah, gang, it's, gang. Not, it's, it's not too
1: corny. It has a little flat to it. If you can get some, if you get it on a t-shirt, slap it right in front of a t-shirt. You know, get yeah, get FSV on the back or something. You know, and some nice letters. You know, you know, we get this business going. in. I need to copy. I need to oh. copyright these ideas. Hold on. Yeah. I need to make sure I'm getting a percentage
0: of this. You'll get a percentage. Don't you worry, you know, uh, your journey. We're just trying to monetize your journey as long as we can, you know. Of course, uh, of course, of course. We're going to get that. We're gonna, we're gonna get that merch going with some <laughs> gank gank uh, uh, design. So anyways, man, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we'll see you next week. And uh, yeah, uh, man, this was a good episode to finally catch up. And, and, and hopefully next week you'll be even more settled in and uh yeah we'll keep this thing going
1: yeah man looking forward to it stay tuned stay tuned i got a lot of stuff coming